three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Old School New School podcast. Or we've even been talking, we might even call ourselves Hard Rock Christians. I love it. Do I we love want it? I, I don't even, we just invented it like 10 uh-huh. minutes ago, right? How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Hard Rock Christian <laughs> podcast. This is. Nobody would know the difference. No, we could have just completely cut it there. But then, but then. Uh, I think that we're going to keep with the old school. New sure. School. I mean, it makes yeah, sense. It makes sense. Maybe Good season two will be yeah, season two. Yeah. Or part two. We can do one on, on, on another day of the week. Ooh. Okay. We'll have like, so who are you by the way? My name's Will Charles Egan. Okay. I am 21 years old and this is Chris Meekins. I'm 66 years old. I'm 21. So you're old enough to be my oldest grandchild. See, I don't, <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Yes, no, but it would just be weird. But we're not related. No, for the record, no. people no. might think that. Yeah, if it wasn't yeah. obvious. Yeah. But I mean, that is the name of the podcast yeah. is the old school, new right. school podcast. You being eighty five years old, yes, and me being twelve years old. Yes. Yes. We have an age difference. We have life differences, experiences, different things that we believe things that we want to talk about and speaking share. of believing so uh-huh. tell tell our new audience mm-hmm. um who like what do we believe who are we sure and why are we doing this yeah we're just we are two christian christians and we have had this idea this was really chris's brainchild here it was this idea put on our hearts to just share through casual conversation right. our beliefs through this podcast and we'll have guests on regularly and I'm not like a minister or a paid You're not paid to be good. No, I'm not paid. Unfortunately not. You're good for nothing. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not affiliated with any church or anything okay. like that. I'm and just, neither am I. We're just two bros chilling and talking about our beliefs. And you just graduated from Bayside college. Okay. The church that I do go to, but that I'm not on staff at. And, and what kind of degree did you get? A bachelor's in psychology. Okay. So the whole time I'll be analyzing this guy yeah. and potentially any guests that we have. I'll and just... if you have any letters, you can write to him and say, mm-hmm. Will, tell me. Uh-huh. You really just said letters? Like people still write letters? Well, okay. <laughs> Emails. <laughs> there you go. Or even better yet, text messages. I'm not giving up my phone number, though. No. We might have a company email. We can send in. We can have inquiry sent in. People have questions for us. So you've been a Christian your whole life, or were you always just part of like a Bayside mm-hmm. type church? I wasn't born Christian. I wasn't raised Christian. I don't think anybody's born Christian now that I think about it. I don't think that's how that works. But I wasn't raised in a Christian household per se. It was just kind of the spiritual, like the idea of God was sort of this like ethereal mist that was kind of out there. He was out there. He was doing his own thing. I was doing my yeah. own thing. And then I came to find the Lord at about sixth grade because we were church hopping. I mean, it was literally Catholic church, Presbyterian church, Pentecostal church, the Unitarian Universalist church. Okay. This place called the Center of Light. That place was crazy. And so Bayside, the church that I go to now, was just another church. Okay. And so I got dragged into youth group and I'm like, I don't want to be here. The very first week I was like, I hate this. It's stupid. Mom, I'm never going back. She's like, 
I'll see you next week. And we're like, dang it. So and I actually fell in love with it. And you became really good friends with the, uh, with the uh, youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you're still friends with him today. Yeah. Cameron and I, we go way back, back to, I mean, it's literally been almost 10 years that I've been at this campus and we'd love to have him on the podcast. We'll probably have Chris, Chris, Cameron, you're Chris. I'm Chris. We'll have Cameron on. And we'll interview him because he's got a very unique testimony and work that he does. He'd be awesome to have on. Well, for me, I uh, uh, I was born uh, number uh, number five out of actually nine. Woof. And uh, so I'm a middle child. So I Woof, know all, dude. The, all the complications that come with that. Yeah. But I was raised in a house where there was a lot of drinking and drugs and all that other stuff. And so uh, when I turned 21... Uh, I joined the Navy and I was confronted with my drug and alcohol problem. Mm. And uh, I, I became a Christian there, uh, still wandered around. And, yeah. so, uh, and so after I got out of the service, I ended up, you know, it's another story for another day, but uh, ended up walking into a church, which is mm. the reason for this podcast. Oh. I ended up walking into a church, and they were really good people. And nice. they welcomed me. And uh, like I said, it's a, a great story for another day. Cool. Uh, but there's this transit. There's this, there's this, like, I used to be, like, a party animal. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting in a church right. singing worship. And, yeah. you know, what is that all What about? happened? What happened there? I, I mean, I was never in the choir. Where did I go right? And I'm pretty sure that my singing isn't that great. Right. And so there's always been this this desire mm-hmm. to uh, help people come in and say, man, it's okay. Right. It's going to be okay. I know that you're, like... All tattooed up. Right. Yeah. I know that you wear... Uh, Def Leppard t-shirts. Yeah. Or, you call yourself a basement Christian. Yes. I love that term. Yeah, That's yeah. an awesome term. So, you know, I'd rather be in the basement hanging out with people and just being real mm. and uh, and helping them to get up the ladder. We just yeah. had a message just the, uh, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Helping people to find the ladder to yes. get to the roof to drop the sick man down that's another whole yeah another whole podcast there you go so my whole goal in life is to uh, is, is to encouraging people and helping people mm. find us safe sp- safe space yes there you go in in the church that's good uh and so um uh so that's so when i met will i thought man this guy would be really good and i used to do a podcast up in cleveland uh, with a group of guys, and I'm like, I really believe that God's calling me to do that because I think that's the way we reach people mm-hmm. in our society today. Sure, I mean, absolutely. Nobody, everybody's on this thing. Yeah, the death rectangle. It's, but it, it just what it is. You go it's, to the doctor's yeah. office, or you go to the airport, everybody. Yep. You yep. go to a youth group, everybody's mm-hmm. on their phone. Oh, even more so at youth group. You know, I get a text every 15 seconds from the right. group. Uh, and so. Uh, this is a way a, a way that there's people out there driving today and it may be you mm-hmm. that uh this is really going to be like weird but we love you yeah god's called us to love people driving down the highway absolutely that want to listen uh to spiritual things mm-hmm. but are afraid to go into a church sure or you don't know anybody right yep that's a christian there i mean we joyce and i when we got married we didn't know any christians yep like, okay, what's, goes. what's that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, God put some people in our place. Poof. So that's what this is all about for that's me. Right. Uh, I'm retired. I sell real estate like every other person in Florida. <laughs> there is like 
The other day I thought, your wife's a real estate agent? I'm like, okay, whatever. What's new, really, yeah. at this yeah. point? Everybody. There are thousands of There's them. a lot of you guys. Yeah. So anyway, so that was our thing. So mm-hmm. uh, why don't you uh, tell us about what's been going on just yeah. real quick. I mean, now that I've graduated college and that I've entered the adult scene, and now I'm an adult, you know, whatever that means, that's not even, you know, one of Cameron, actually, he always says, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I think that's probably how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Cause it's just like, what does it even mean to be an adult? You know? And so I'm here, I'm doing my thing and you know, I'm getting a career and all of the, the dreams that I want to chase and then like entering the dating scene. And so I've got all of the, the dumb dating apps and things like that. And I find as I swipe through, there's just so many patterns that I find all of the, these girls have the exact same maybe wrong conceptions of what men what are men or what they like or exactly or what they're attracted to. Yes. They're not attracted to. So they all <laughs> think that men are listening to Taylor Swift. This is not, we're not doing that. Well, they listen while they're dating. And then as soon as you get married, yes, you shut it off. Right. You shut that stuff down. Cause the only time I'll ever <laughs> listen to Taylor Swift is if I'm trying to impress a girl. Other yeah. than that, I have yeah. no desire. Okay. So there you go. We, I mean, we've been talking, we both listen to hard rock. I mean, we both grew up with, I mean, my dad listens to hard rock. You grew up in that yeah. era. And so it's just been, that's the music I like. Right. And it's crazy to me to think that girls think that, Men are listening to Taylor Swift. They're all like, we could be Swifty buddies. We could talk endlessly. Swipe. About- yeah, I'm like, no thanks. no thanks. That's an unrealistic expectation for men. But then if you find someone that's uh, like a Van Halen fan, would she have like black hair? And- exactly. And, yeah. yeah. The, the teased hair where it's all like out here, and, giant. Yeah. yeah. Well, who knows? But that's the 80s. I don't think anybody's doing that stuff. Well, you... If people notice, you do have a mullet. I do, and I keep teasing it back here. Yes. <laughs> I do What's, have a mullet. Why, <laughs> what year is that from? Uh, the 80s. So you're a country music? Achy, breaky heart? No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Southern. No, 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 no. No, that's another thing. Girls are all like, oh, I love country music. I am, I'm such a kind of like... I'm back down to my roots, right? Well, sure, but they think that. Yeah. It's like you're not a country girl you just like the sound of morgan wallen's yeah. voice you live in downtown sarasota right. which is nothing but high rises <laughs> and you were born in sarasota yeah, yeah. all yeah. these suburb girls think yeah. it's my dream to be country we could we could get married and live on a farm and like their idealistic dream is like it's like who's gonna shovel the horse yeah. crap yeah who's yeah. going to tend to the f- it's like i'm not doing and, art. and do i you still haven't figured out that whole chicken and egg thing the chicken and the egg yeah what came, came first, first yeah no one will ever figure that one out. So, well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that affect like uh, relationships uh, in the church? Like, so that's a good what do they teach you in like college and Bayside College? Right. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about this is how you date. I mean, it, it was really it was very much like we went on a ski trip this one time, a bunch of Floridians, some of which who have never even seen snow. And they rented us all skis and they're like, figure it out. We're like, oh. I figured it out, but all of my friends were just absolutely biffing it and eating snow. And it's kind of the same way with like the dating world is there's yeah. no like how to date 101. Yeah. Yeah. There was no college course for that. There's there's a marriage and family course, but it's like, well, what about the before that? It's like, I know how to get married now, but I don't know how to date successfully. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? 
And I never really found any interest in any of the girls there. I mean, they're all great. It's just like me personally. I was just kind of like, eh, eh. And so that's why I'm on the dating apps. It's my helpless romantic side is like, well, which is so funny because, you know, I come from a whole nother world. Sure. Oh, I come absolutely. From a world of like, I'm probably speaking oh, she's another kind of cute. Okay, now I have to stalk her <laughs> to find I what is right. oh, walking down the hall and hey uh-huh. Mary, how are you? Yeah. My name's Chris. Would you like to go on a date with me? No, I've heard about you. You're a jerk. Oh, okay. Ooh. So you're you know, like at least when you do it on the uh texting, right. is that how you ask someone out on text? Unfortunately. I, I hope to never do that because it's I'll ask you out on a date, but I'll never ask you to be my girlfriend over text. That just seems so lifeless and dull. I don't want to do that to them. I'm pretty sure that's a good thought. Yeah. So we come from two different worlds. Mm. I mean, again, it was like, who do you know? Do you know her? Does she know? Right. You know, whatever. Mutual friends. And uh, we had like groups that we used to hang out. Mm -hmm. Someday when we are going a little bit deeper, I'll (laughs) share with my first date with Joyce, but uh, okay. That'll be fun to learn uh, about. It breaks all the rules. Oh, really? From the Christian standpoint. Oh, boy. I mean, it's not, like, bad. No, I mean, sure. Yeah, but... Um, it's a good teachable moment. It is a good teachable moment. We'll have an episode on dating, then. Yes, and we should do that. And we we'll, should. we'll ask uh, a girl to come, and we'll, we'll say... Great idea. We'll ask, like, a 90-year-old woman. Okay. Yeah. That Someone we'll, who's... Then we'll be able to overpower. N- yeah. <laughs> not a 20-year-old... Shut up. Taylor Swift fan that has a cowboy hat. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So, um... So the next thing that we wanted to do in our ep- in our episode mm-hmm. was what? Well, we we would just want to have a spiritual topic that we want to talk about, something that actually has your attention here. This is why you're here. Is right. two Christians talking about Christian stuff. Okay. And I think what would be perfect to kick all of this off is the idea that we have for this whole podcast is who we're trying to reach and that kind of person and what it is they should do in the Christian lifestyle, whether or not they are a believer or if they're new to the faith or if they've never even heard of the faith, if they just stumbled on this podcast with two weird-looking people on it, and they were like, oh, I'll give it a listen, and hopefully you're still here. Yes. But I just wanted to talk today a little bit about where it is that we find ourselves falling on kind of our beliefs and how we walk our walk, you know? Okay. Not like, I'm Pentecostal and Chris is Baptist. Not like that, but like, there's a walk, and especially recently, I've, I've felt that for our audience, it's, it's okay to live somewhere on a spectrum between grace and being religious. Okay. Not that they're two extremes, per se, but that you find yourself sort of in the middle. You know, you live a disciplined lifestyle, but you still give yourself a little bit of grace because that's the whole idea of being a Christian is we're not perfect and we need a savior, but... We still got to walk the walk. We're not perfect. Exactly. And we need a savior. That's right. But we still got to, you know, Jesus called Peter to walk on water. And it's, I, I heard this one message that was awesome. And it was this guy named Anthony O'Neill. And he said that Peter wasn't just walking on the water. Peter was walking on God's word. Okay. See, Jesus told him to come out onto the water and walk towards me. And so Peter walked on the water. Yes. In the physical, but in the spiritual he was walking on God's word. And I was like, ooh, that's so like profound and deep and Christianese. That sounds really good. And I think that's kind of how we want to live our Christian lifestyle is okay. I'm walking on God's word. There is the ultimate grace that I'll never be perfect, but I'm still going to try and try as I might to live a disciplined lifestyle. 
And so I want to try and figure, by the end of this podcast, I want to know definitively the answer yes. of where it is that we walk. So let's say that I'm a, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a guy or a gal that's just sitting there saying, uh, I'm really interested in this hmm. spiritual life. Sure. I'm really interested in wanting to take the next step in my spiritual growth. Yeah. Not even spiritual growth. Hey, mm -hmm. I'm in a bad place. Right. And yeah. the only thing that I can think of that's going to get me out of this is this person called God. Mm. That's right. So that's good. Piece. Does is that where grace shows up or is mm -hmm. it, you, So I I look at it so at the beginning part here, mm -hmm. I look at uh, spiritual life as like a funnel. Okay. Okay. I mean, a funnel. A funnel. Uh, and if you don't know what a funnel is, it's got a big I think people know what a funnel opening is. and it's got a small out. But as your Christian life, the idea is just to get in the funnel. Mm. And I think that there's a lot of, we'll use the word grace. Sure. In that beginning part so i yes. i mean i i was like I see. doing drugs and doing alcohol mm -hmm. and sleeping around and doing everything that doing alcohol everything i was doing everything and all god wanted me to do is get in the door mm. just come on in it's okay yep. and it wasn't like oh you got to do this 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 right. to get in the door yes. it's just like no you got to get in the door right and getting in the door is is believing that uh jesus is god the son mm -hmm. so anyway so getting in the door and mm. you can have all this, this range to live in. Yes. And I and what happens is people think, oh no, I have to be this refined, mm -hmm. mature, seventy-year-old right. godly man that's <laughs> never walked outside of yeah. the thing, and I don't uh, blink my eyes incorrectly, right? And be twenty-one years old, right? It doesn't happen. Not gonna happen. Or to be in a Christian or a believer, a right. follower of Jesus, whatever term we end up. Mm -hmm. You can't do it on day one. Right. And so God's got this grace mm -hmm. for you yep. when you're in. He's like, and so people are like, yeah, <laughs> I'm in. Does that's that a, make sense? That's an awesome analogy. At first, I was like, you're defining what a funnel is. It's like, come on, buddy. I think people know what a funnel is. That You landed that perfect. You would be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what people don't know. No, yeah, that's fair. I mean, you're you're wise beyond your yes, years, Chris, I, yeah, and yeah. so am I. So I understand what that so, was. So, so I mean, when when someone then gets in there, mm -hmm. how do you think other like this whole grace thing or this yeah. um, plays out? Sure, I think the the funnel doesn't just happen over like a one year period. It's like, this is your growth track. You're going to get from the getting in the door to being the perfect refined Christian at the end of the funnel in one year's time. So that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No, I'm still like probably middle top of the funnel. Cause I'm 21 years old right. and I'll think I might get to the bottom of the funnel at the end of my life. Well, yeah, that's when you get out of the funnel. You're yeah. You're, you go to heaven. Yeah. Hopefully dead dead so once you got you, dead you got murked so once you get out of that funnel i think it's been years of experience yeah. and this is something that i know a good bit of our listening audience will probably be younger and something that me and my my feeble smooth brain has only recently comprehended is that when people say life is a journey it's like 
as a young person that just goes in one ear and comes out right. the other because you have no concept of what that even is because yeah, you've been on the earth for 20 some years and you know nothing i'll tell you what people say that really uh-huh. will make you mad once you get married and have like kids mm-hmm. they go honey you need to really enjoy this because you're going to miss these times. These are the best times <laughs> ever. And you're like, shut up. I don't want to hear that. If right you now. say that again, if the next person said, and I would say it all, oh, I jealous of your time. Uh-huh. And you're in the middle of it. You're right. Like, you're like, I'm going to kill these kids. <laughs> yeah. They keep on eating my cornflakes. And there's no ice cream left for me. Right. They ate oh, it all. Oh, boy. Which is, anyway, jerk. I'm sorry. No, but <clears throat> it's like, I, I get to the point where I want to let all these young people know, like the fact that you're suffering, that you're going through whatever it is right now, you're, you're supposed to be there. You're learning something. And I think that's what a lot of young people don't understand because we have an instant gratification world where everything is, you know, scroll on TikTok, new stimuli, or just everything's instant. Amazon delivers my package tomorrow. But with life, it's the total opposite of that. God will mold you like clay very slowly. And you have to go through trials. You have to go through things that you don't like. Because once you come out of it, you'll realize, oh, that's why I was supposed to do that. Right. And even if you don't realize what the heck it was all about, like, why did I have to go through that? That's fine. God knows. So you're saying, you're saying uh, that you have to have, so the topic's grace. Mm-hmm. So you have to also have not grace for other people right well, you should but sure. for yourself mm-hmm. as being Absolutely. new believer mm-hmm. or new on this journey yes yeah being a christ follower wherever christ we're gonna have walks, to learn what the politically correct words are i don't know if there is a politically correct term i will say i don't often introduce myself as i'm a christian i will say i'm a christ follower because okay. one it sounds pretty nifty yeah and two it, there's like st- there's like stigma around He's a Christian, so I'll just be like, I follow Christ. It's like, oh, that's pretty neat. Do you think it's uh, like depends on the crowd you're with? Like, yes. if I'm sitting at the pool with a bunch of, you know, heathens, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is that political? Pagans, no. A bunch of pagan heathens. <laughs> no, if I'm sitting at the pool and there's a bunch of people that are just, you know, they're mm-hmm. just hanging out, yeah. Um, I might use, you know, I'm a spiritual kind of guy, right? Sure. Like, while well, I was at the fire station, oh yeah. By the way, I was a firefighter for 20 that years. too. Uh, I would say, well, you know, I'm a spiritual kind of guy, mm-hmm. and I believe in that stuff. And they'd like, yeah. well, what do you mean? And so they would it, – it gave them an opportunity to ask a question, what right. do you mean by spiritual? Yep, yep. Yeah, so you were, you were a firefighter for a number of years. What about that time of your life do you think molded where you are spiritually now? Because you obviously learned a ton about it. So just, like, tell them what it is that you did – for that time, and what do you think you learned from that? Well, like I said a couple seconds ago, we um, we have to have grace for ourselves. It's mm-hmm. like it's okay. Yeah, like I would be like, oh my god, I gotta quit drinking, and I gotta quit smoking, I gotta quit, you know, mm-hmm. dating. Be you know, perfect. I'm gonna be a monk, you know, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, shave uh, my I head. can't go to bars and go dancing, which. Unfortunately, it was disco, and disco sucks. Oh, I mean, it was bad. Oh, it yikes. Was, it was as bad Chris. It was as bad as you think it was. Yep. <laughs> Glitter sequins. I went out, and I bought a total polyester outfit. Me and this other guy, we oh, went no. to, to some disco uh-huh. when I was in the service. And uh, 
And I came out, and then my buddies were like, what are you doing? Are you know, <laughs> you know, what are you wearing? Because realistically, the people that I hung around with were jeans and bell bottoms right. and flannel shirts. See, and, you were listening to Taylor Swift because you were trying to impress the people you were with. I was. I That's was, it. I was uh, uh-huh. pre-Taylor Smith fan. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. You're a firefighter. Uh, but uh, so so you're, you're doing these things, and um, – uh, this is the kind of guy I was. I was, you know, this guy, this guy, and this guy. So when I uh, was at the fire station, I was like, okay, I need to know how to maneuver in this right. arena. Yeah. And, uh, but I never had a quiet time. So mm. it, it was, it's hard to talk about something when you really don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah, fair although, enough. Although for us, it's pretty easy. We know everything about everything. We know everything, everything about everything. So uh, just as as I started out being a Christian, mm-hmm. I didn't change who I was. Yes. I'm like, okay, this is who I am. Yes. This is what I do. But I would go. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she would go out to bars. She became a, a follower of Jesus uh, by herself, met with a Catholic, wow. a charismatic Catholic Christian mm-hmm. that uh, told her about uh, Jesus. Yeah. And uh, she would go out to bars and party and everything and come home. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit was in her and she'd like sit by her and she'd cry. She's like, I'm not happy. Uh-huh. And so she, her life had become a conflict. Yes. And so realizing that there's this conflict of, okay, my old life is still over here because it's just like r- right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And my new life is here, and I really want that. I just yeah. don't know how to do that. Right. And so go back to the word grace. Mm-hmm. We have to give ourselves grace, but we also have to help other people say, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You don't need to quit smoking. My pastor used to always say, you're not going to uh, – smoking doesn't keep you out of heaven. Mm-hmm. It may get you there sooner, <laughs> but it doesn't keep you out of heaven. <laughs> That's true. It's a good way of putting it. <laughs> okay. And yeah. so it was like this behavior. And so having grace for yourself in the middle of that, mm-hmm. yet learning that this new voice or this new desire that I have yep. is spurring me on. And so we ended up going into a church and saying, okay, nice. this is blowing me away. And mm-hmm. so, so that's how I really got started. It was like walking in the door of a church. Mm-hmm. Which was the scariest thing? Oh, sure. That I did absolutely. Yeah, at that point in your life when you have no experience with that, it's just it kind of feels like diving into the deep end. Well, it's like when you were said when you're a teenager. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was. I hate this. I I had zero. I mean, I remember the first time that I ever went there, I was like, this does not feel like a godly place because they had this one worship song. This was when they did worship videos where they'd have the lyric videos. And there was this one like really sad worship song, and I remember just being like, this song sucks. And so I was like, this church is dumb and it's not godly. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? And it's like, just keep going back. And I was like, whatever. And so I really did fall in love with the ministry and and Cameron because he was a, a perfect example of, you know, of walking the line between grace and living a you know a religious lifestyle. And it's not that I'm I'm towing the line of how much can I get away with before stepping over the line and doing right. what's wrong. Right. The idea is to not and this is something that I always say to younger people, you know, me being old and wise and twenty one years old, I'll say it's not about how close you can get to the line without going over. It's about 
not even trying to be near the line. Don't, you don't even want to get close. Just face away from it. Yeah. Just don't even, right. you don't even want to in, entice the question of like, how much can I get away with in my relationship with my girlfriend without, you know, can I put a toe over? Can I reach my hand over the line without actually stepping over the line? It's like that your mind's in the wrong place. It shouldn't be. How much can I get away with? It's how much can I run towards God? You know, and that sounds corny and it sounds cliche and that you'd hear it on a platform, but it's true. And it's the reason why it is cliche is because everybody says it because it's true. You should really just fix your eyes on God. And again, if you're new to all of this, you might be like, what does that mean? And what, what do I, how do you turn your eyes towards God? And I, again, it just comes with practice. You go to church, you, you step in the door and you'll slowly start to Learn and and I think things. it's part of believing that, that, okay, A, uh, if I'm, like I said, if I'm new to this, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm going to drive a stake in the ground and right. say, on this day, I decided I was going to follow Jesus. Mm. And you write it down because, believe me, the rest of your life, you're like, did I really do that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, no, on, on uh-huh. January 15th of, you know, 19. 19- 2023 i was going to say 1967 i don't know why that came out. <laughs> that's a weird dim put a stake in the ground uh-huh and know that no i did this yeah and um <clears throat> so making sure that, first of all that that you do that because mm-hmm. it doesn't work with that and then there's this happens like i was saying before this change happens mm-hmm. and you're like being drawn to this way of life Mm. and so as you're talking i was reminded of two things the first thing is going to be kind of sad oh yeah well buckle up kids joyce and i had been dating for a couple months i got out of the service and we were both knew we were like looking for god Mm. that's what our our whole marriage our whole life has been on we're both going in the same direction right from a spiritual standpoint. Without mm-hmm. that, we would have never lasted because I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> okay. Really? I had no oh, idea. Oh, yeah. And she's got a lot of grace. So uh-huh. we're both going in the same direction and we're both seeking God. If you don't have that, okay, because that's what helps you get through the Taylor Swift songs. Right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Gives me patience. So we were going there and we decided to get married. Mm-hmm. And, um, and But we were still hanging around with all our old friends. Mm-hmm. We were kind of dipping our toe in the church, but we were still hanging around on our phones. Yeah. Well, my best friend, the guy was going to be the best man at my wedding, mm. um, was still uh, dealing drugs and and stuff like that. Dealing? Uh, what's that? Dealing? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, I found him murdered in my parking lot. What? Yeah, he was, he was, I, I was oh, going to work one day, and yeah. he was in my parking lot, and he had been murdered uh, for a drug deal gone bad. And I called the police. I mean, it's a long story, but mm-hmm. they called the police. And, Jeez. You know, they thought it was me. What? And whoa. And then the guy that they suspected that did it came over a couple months later mm-hmm. to my house and said, I just want to let you know that it wasn't me. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get better oh, friends. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, but it was really funny because at that moment, God gave me this illustration. I, I, I don't think what happened to Billy was Mm -hmm. all about me. Sure. But God's economical and he, Mm -hmm. he, he uses situations where we're going to learn from it. And Mm. at that point, Joyce and I are like, okay, 
we need to walk away from this old lifestyle. Mm, yeah. And we weren't dealing or anything else like that. And in sure. fact, he, he did call us up one time and said, hey, you want to make a quick $1,000? <laughs> this was in 1979. No. Oh, wow. And so he was like, you want to make $1,000 for taking a trip to Florida and back? And, uh, want to be a mule for me? Yeah. <sighs> no. And so this had a, obviously a tremendous effect on me. Yeah. And so it was at that point that we started saying, okay, we've got to go in a new direction. Right. We've got to change because God's showing us a window. This leads to death. Mm. And it was very obviously. Yeah, obvious. there it is. Or, or you can go choose life. Right. And in the middle of that, that's where God gives you grace because yes. you're like, he's like, yep. it's your decision. God's a gentleman. Mm. And so it's just making that. And then the second one I wanted to mention was that when I was, um, I just got hired on the fire department mm -hmm. and we were like kind of growing and we're like, okay, what's God look like? And mm -hmm. I had a foul. Oh, <laughs> foul. Really? And Still so on my, on my days off, I would be, uh, I was working with the, uh, bricklayers i was a, a laborer for okay years. and uh i had god had told me to quit swearing a hundred percent oh boy never have another swear word come out of your mouth and uh and so i'm hanging out with these guys and working and uh -huh. my my other my best friend my other friend his dad owned the company mm -hmm. and he's like something's different with you and i'm <laughs> like what are you talking about he goes there's just something you're just not the same as you were when you used to work here full time mm. and uh uh i said uh i said uh Someone keeps on calling me. Well, you told me. Why does this every home. single happen? Every single time this happens. I'm, I'm sorry. Who's I'm, calling? I'm forgiven. I'm we're going to, we're going to face this. We're going to confront. Uh, it. But, uh, so he, uh, he said, I, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. And about mm -hmm. three o'clock in the afternoon, he goes, you're not swearing. <laughs> you have not said one swear word today. I'm not cursed once. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't think I'm going to. He goes, you had the most foul mouth. Anyway. <laughs> I can't believe that. And that's all I did. Uh, and I think yeah. that's how God gives grace mm -hmm. to a young believer. Yes. He gives you like this space mm -hmm. to, to yep. try things out, to run it by. And he's, you know, it's, does yeah. that make sense? hundred percent. No, it, you keep doubting yourself. You'll finish something totally profound and be like, I don't know. Does that make sense? I'm like, yes, you're really good at using analogies if you needed to hear that. Okay. Thank you. I feel much. <laughs> you still got it, Chris. You still uh -huh. got it. No, that's absolutely right. It's using there's a worship song. It says, he takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. And it's like you sing it and you're like, yes. But if you really think about it, it's like, oh, that can be pretty hard sometimes. Like the things that once were a part of your old lifestyle, you've been transformed. And now God's going to use that circumstance, that scenario, like even something as simple as I don't swear anymore around people. It's like people will start to notice that you are different. Right. And then you can take that opportunity. Well, you know, I have a different lifestyle now. I go I've, to church and you, all that. You know, I've changed. I used to sit in a fire station there like, mm -hmm. on Sunday because you had to work every third day. Yep. Every third week you work on Sunday. And I'd go up into the library and they're like, where are you going? I'm like, I got to go get some religion. Ah. Watched, you know, because yep. they couldn't handle that I had right. going to church. Right. You don't need to go to church. What's <laughs> rules? I'm like, yep. no, I just need to get some religion. There you go. And they're like, okay, whatever. Chris got religion. Yeah. There you go. When you uh, became a... So you were a young teenager, and then, mm. you know, as you were in your middle teens, how did you, were you still, like, wandering, or when did you say, I, I'm, yeah. I'm digging this? It was. Wasn't someone built into your life or something like that? 
Was what? Didn't someone build into your life? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had so many different mentor figures. Cameron was probably the biggest one early on in my in my faith journey. It's been a long, a long road. Again, long being relative to a 21-year-old. So when I first got saved, I literally just turned 12. It was the weekend of my 12th birthday, I know, because it was also that church's sort of anniversary. And so I go and I get saved and all that good stuff. And then I really had every different season of my faith. There was like a different thing that I had addressed, a different problem with the faith. And so it was first for the, for the longest time, for many years, I had, an, I had a hard time understanding what the Holy Spirit was and like hearing the voice of God, right? So for me, it was just like, this, this is this thing that I do. I go to church and I sing these songs and I go home and it's like, I feel better. I don't know if I actually do feel better. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, <clears throat> it didn't feel very personal because I didn't have, and this had been explained to me later, that the, the connection between my mind and my heart wasn't fully there because it says in scripture that God replaces your heart of stone, your hard, callous heart that is cold and lifeless and replaces it with a heart of flesh. So my, my head was always trying to make sense of things. And so my head was looking for my old heart, okay. heart of stone. It wasn't there anymore. And so very, very recently, really. I mean, I went from being 12 years old all the way up until being, I'd say, around 20 years old of just nothing. No voice in my head, or at least so I thought, because I had been looking for this old way of life that wasn't a part of me anymore. Okay. And I had been hearing the voice of God the whole time. I just didn't realize it. One of my favorite passages of scripture, there's a lawnmower outside. If you can hear it, deal with it. This is our first episode. We're learning. But um, I remember one of my first Bible verses that I'd ever been led to about, you know, the voice of God. It's uh, 1 Kings 19, the whole passage where Elijah's in the cave and the, the voice of the Lord says, there's going to be a strong wind, there's going to be an earthquake, and there's going to be a fire. The voice of the Lord was not in those things, but then a still, small voice. Okay. And then he stepped out of the cave, and the Lord spoke to him. And so I had always had a hard time understanding, what is this still, small voice? And so, I mean, practically speaking, a lot of the times people will say it's sort of like the voice in your head. Yeah. You know, when you're reading and you hear the voice in your head, it can be like that, but it'll be something that you realize that you didn't think up. It was like, this thought just popped into my head and it wasn't something I could have possibly thought. And it takes a long time of discerning what is the voice in your head and what is the voice of the Holy spirit. And it really takes some fine tuning to really understand what that is. But for the longest time, I didn't understand what this whole voice of the Lord thing was. And I was super frustrated and I was angry at God and all this, but that's where the grace part played into that, where this whole time I had been learning and I had been receiving from God, and I just didn't realize it. And so I did this uh, kind of men's ministry retreat camp in the woods where we, like, we fasted, and we, we did group therapy with the Holy Spirit is what I call. And I finally understood that, oh, my, like, these guys pulled things out of me that I didn't even know were in that there. That sounds kind of scary. Though. It does. It sounds very frightening, but it, you just got to be all in. You've got to be fully committed to it, and it was very life-changing. Do you think that you could have done that when you were first a believer? Oh, no. I needed the time of preparation, of understanding, of, 
you know, I got the head what knowledge. What you were walking in. Okay. Yes. I got the head knowledge and then I was ready for the heart. And for everybody it's different, but for my own personal journey, I really think I needed that. And so once I finally understood that the voice of the Holy Spirit was always there, I just had a hard time figuring out what it was. Then everything became like technicolor. And since then, which was very recent, really, my my walk with God has been very different. So again, still towards the top of the funnel currently. Yeah, and, yeah. and I just moved on into the next phase where I'm walking out that life with the Holy Spirit and what that looks like. But it's been well, good. And then I think uh, also knowing kind of your strengths and weakness mm-hmm. uh, if, is uh, to our audience, if you uh, haven't figured this out, uh, Will and I are uh, – somewhat of extrovert <laughs> if it wasn't overtly obvious uh, uh yeah and we also we're really not of uh we really believe that it's a weird calling it's we're really not mm-hmm. afraid to be in front of people sure i mean some people would be like oh you're all you're full yourself but it's like no someone has to like be the mc mm-hmm. yeah and some someone needs to be comfortable with that yes and i think god gives everybody individual gifts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think once you're like when you're saying like these last couple of years is that you really came into tune of who you actually are right. and what your yeah. spiritual gifts are, mm-hmm. but your strengths and, and God uses you in that. And yes. I, I may move to a, a different Please. part of this. All, all you. God uses that to um, uses your personality or whatever mm-hmm. to, um, bring you into the the whole body of Christ. Yeah. Um, And so, like, if you love teaching. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a good chance you have a teaching gift. Wow. And you ask God, hey, can you show me how to use this for your glory? Mm -hmm. If you have an organization gift, there's people Mm -hmm. with the gift of organization. Yeah. And it's like, how can I use this to bring glory to you? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's another term that... uh, like like a firefighter, what does that have to do with God's kingdom? Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say I'm a fire. I'm a I'm a follower of Jesus, right. cleverly disguised as a firefighter. Mm. And so <laughs> um, and so that fits into every everything. And so yep. when you uh, God wants to fulfill the desire of your heart because He's the one that put it in there. It says, yeah. Uh, uh, What's that say? Uh, submit to God and he will give you the desires. Here's Something like that. Yeah. Submit to God and he will give the desires of your heart. And so when you're obedient to God, all these things. See, becoming a Christian or becoming a father, it, is, it isn't like this life sentence of, right. oh, my God, I got to go hang out with I'm the senior citizens. Now. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're all like 90 years old. I'm 66 years old and I'm still afraid of that. But um, <laughs> so I hang out with well. <laughs> And so, uh, but we have this idea that becoming a Christian is this burden Mm. when it's actually, it's complete opposite. It's nothing even close to that. Yes. I I have probably more of an exciting life becoming a believer, Mm -hmm. walking in God's grace because I'm, I'm kind of suck at it. I'm I'm really not a good Same here, dude. I'm terrible at this. Right? I mean, we still listen to rock music. Sorry about that. I still hit your microphone. Dude. Um, yeah. But he, what you're, I think what you're describing is mm-hmm. God's allowing you to do things that you really wanted to do. Yeah. 
Absolutely. As long as it's for his glory. For right? his kingdom and his glory. Absolutely. Yeah, he put the it's it's in the Bible it says God wants to give you the desires of your heart. And so what if somebody's like, Well, I want to murder somebody, can I do that? It's like, well, hang on, let's take right. it a couple right. steps back. Right. But when God puts the desires of your heart in your heart, then God wants to give them to you because God put them there, right? right? And so the the whole time I was in, in high school and college, it felt like every single semester my idea of a career changed every single time. It was like, I want to be an astrophysicist. I want to be a freaking, I want to be a plumber. I want to be a PR specialist. I genuinely thought that I would do that. I want to be a psychiatrist. I want to be a psychologist. I want to do this. I want to do that. And it finally got to the point where I was like, I have no idea what I want to do. And I was trying to think on my own volition of what I wanted to do. And, you know, I had things that I wanted to do. I wanted to publish a book this whole time, which I still want to do. But in terms of a career, I was like, I still have no idea. And so finally I got to a place where I was like, I'm holding on to my future like this. And I'm like, I want to have all control of it. And I finally got to a place where I was like, I'm going to hold on to it with open hands. Okay. So I'm just going to let God take care of it because he could do immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine with my own power, right? And so with that, I feel like I've finally, because when I gave it to God, I think I finally landed on the thing that I really want to do, this being part of it. And so it really is all the more reason why I should just relinquish control because we really are all designed to just, I'm going to hold on to this because it's mine, right, you know? Right. I'm never letting go. And it's one of the hardest things to do, especially as Westerners where we're very, individualistic it's all about me 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 to hold on to something with open hands and to just say god you take care of it you could do so much better with it than i could because you're god i mean you're literally you are god you have so much more power and potential to work with my future than i do and so it got to a point where i was just like i'm a worship with my hands up and hands open. And when, when did it ever say in the Bible that God would show you exactly the path, mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do? I mean, he's never done it. He's like, hey, let's uh, go ahead and cross the Jordan. And, right. and how did they're yeah. like, yeah, there's a bunch of water there. Yes. And he's like, oh, put your toe in the water. You mm-hmm. do the first step. And I, 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 I really believe that um, you saying yes to this podcast mm-hmm. and uh, – is the beginning of obedience and it's like sure. oh wow you mean being obedient is doing something that i've always wanted to do no way yeah that's crazy yahweh yahweh that was funny uh-huh. yeah because i've always really wanted to do something like this it's always just been some deep set because you know i have this uh insane ego ego maniacal desire to hear my own voice in my ears at all times <laughs> and so this was like oh this is the perfect opportunity to perfect. do this because it's all about me i'm kidding but I I finally was like, all right, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. Right. God, you you do it. And then God was like, well, I'm going to give this thing that you wanted back to you. And I was like, oh, okay. So I still ended up doing what I wanted to do and the desires of my heart. It's just God presented it to me in a way that I couldn't have possibly done myself. Right. I mean, it really felt like the answer fell into my lap, right. which is something my first grade teacher said would never happen. So... Liar. That's for you, Miss Menden. <laughs> Take that. The answer fell on my lap that time, Miss Menden. What are you going to do? Anyway. Here we are. So, so let's go back to grace. So mm-hmm. do you think that now God will give you 
another level of grace or a, another, um, you know, how does that fit in? So our, our audience, mm-hmm. um, how would we tell them if they're in the middle of being looking for right. their next step? Sure. You know, how does grace fit in that? Mm-hmm. It's not that once you become more and more of a Christian that you get less grace and that you have to be more reliant on your own self-discipline, okay. there's still grace. Right. There's abundant grace. There's an infinite amount. It doesn't mean that you should go about taking advantage of that, of course. But at the same time, it's like, if I have no idea what my next step is, that's perfectly okay. And I feel like for a good bit of us youngsters, that's a place that we all find ourselves in, and that's a lesson that God is teaching us. Because it's one thing to hear me say it, but it's another thing to experience it for yourself. So for a lot of the youngins that are all like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do next. I don't know uh, what college I'm supposed to go to. If I'm supposed to take this career opportunity, if I'm supposed to date this person, you, you get to a point where you start to realize, I want, I want an answer. You know, My prayer to God is A, B, and C. God, what's the answer? And a lot of times God will be like option D. And you're like, that wasn't one of your options, God. You mm-hmm. were supposed to give me this option. And God's like, well, you were going to do this. And you're like, ah. And that can be rough at times. But that is where you start to learn that God's control is something where you can, you really are like in a roller coaster. You just let your hands go and he will guide you. And it sounds cliche and dumb. It's like, well, that doesn't give me any answer. What am I supposed to do? It's like, well... Sometimes you'll get an answer that falls into your lap and it's overtly obvious. And sometimes you'll get a wait and be patient. And that's perfectly okay for either option. And it it really is just something to be obedient to. Do whatever you are called to do. Whatever the last thing God said for you to do, do do that. Even if it's something as simple as I opened my Bible today and I read it for 15 minutes. Why would he tell you to do step two when you didn't do step one? Yes. If you have something you need to take care of, take care of it. Start there. And that's scary, though. It is scary. It could be it's like, well, I'm again, Mm -hmm. we live in a world that is I'm afraid to give up control. Yes. It's really what it boils down to. True. Is if I do this, then that means if. We'll talk about our podcast. Mm-hmm. So that means that I'm going to go out there and, you know, the millions of people that are listening to us right. are then going to see us in the grocery store. Yes. And when I slip that uh, hostess Twinkies in my back <clears throat> pocket and sneak out the door, that means I'm going to have to be accountable, accountable. for my action. Ah, uh-huh. And so that's the scary part yes. for most believers mm-hmm. is that we're not going to be able to steal Twinkies anymore. Darn, I was really looking forward to doing that later today. <laughs> Stealing Twinkies, because, you know, we all do that. Well, it's, steal so, Twinkies. it's such an easy steal. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're afraid of what that's going to look like, and so we're disobedient. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm reading a book on holiness. I know that's Ooh. an old word, you know, holiness. It's a good word. But, um, and it's got some deep stuff. I'm oh, like, it sounds like man, it should. Man, I am not holy (laughs) (laughs) is anybody really holy you read it you're like nobody's doing it right Uh, but one of the things that i just read actually this morning was that holiness begins with obedience like you just Mm. said yeah and an obedient man Mm -hmm. 
is a holy man. Oh. And so, so I, I'm saying to you that are listening that are new believers mm-hmm. or older believers, mm-hmm. and you're you're just trying you're like me you're just like i just want a deeper relationship with god yeah i just know that i've i've pretty much tried everything on my own Mm. and i know that i can't outgrow right god yeah and so it begins with obedience and then also uh giving myself grace that it's like yeah, you you went out and you you said something that was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just what it is. Go What's back new? in the house. Just don't do that anymore. Yeah, just don't do that. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, it's okay. Yes, because nobody was perfect. Last time there was a perfect guy that killed him. Yeah, there was. I love the statement. There was only ever one Christian. It was Jesus. Yeah, he was the only one that did it a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And he lived the life. He yeah. he talked the talk and he walked the walk. So I think that you doing this this podcast mm-hmm. is is your first step in obedience of you where go. God's calling you to be. In my case, it's like it's obedience and where God's called me to be from an entirely different mm-hmm. perspective. Sure. Like, okay, well, God, the last thing that Jesus said to do is go and make disciples. Yeah. Go into the world, make disciples of mm-hmm. all men. Uh, and so doing this is it's and that's a, again that's another scary word what what is discipleship right yeah it's like yes you must come over and shine my show it's not <laughs> like it's a, a, a apprenticeship fraternity. it's not like our fraternity right yeah you'll do this yeah this is the hazing Sir. ritual to get yeah. in it's more about um just building into someone else's life it's good like you do with the with the youths the youths that's right yeah are that you is. are you gonna uh go with the youths tonight I'll be there tonight. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's every Wednesday. Bee Ridge Campus, every single Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. Be there or be square. And then what I do is I do um, I do a men's breakfast every Saturday mm-hmm. at the Bee Ridge Campus. There you go. Um, uh, we, have a, we have breakfast. We have food at 7.40. We have a mm-hmm. speaker at 8 o'clock. And we have small groups at 8.45. And we walk out the door at 9 o'clock. Nice. And so... I, and, and here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yes. I love it. I'm of like, course. okay, we've got like 30 guys. We're hanging out. We're yeah. able to bust each other's chops mm-hmm. and, uh, and do those things. And, and again, that's where God's called men and women to, to walk in a yes. way that would bring glory to him. And people are like, this is amazing. I can't believe you get to do this. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I get the privilege of doing it. It's a privilege. I'm along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, you get to get up on stage with the high school kids. And yeah. Like that. Well, we get to stand in front of the stage. We, we try not to stand on the stage. It's platform, too, by the way. Get it right. Yeah. It's, you don't want the disconnect. But yeah. Okay, so tell me about one more thing, and then mm-hmm. we're going to wrap this thing up. Sounds uh, good. What about this uh, stand-up comedian thing you're trying? Yeah. What, how, okay, how does, how is God going to... God can yeah. use a comedian? God can use... I don't think so, man. I think I'm going, I'm trying to do my own thing on this one. Um, I, I, it was one of those things where I feel like I finally landed on something. Cause I listen to a ton of podcasts. A lot of them are comedy podcasts. I mean, the number one podcast in the world, the Joe Rogan experience it's, is a comedian and there's all these other comedy podcasts and I just have so much fun listening to them. I accidentally gave myself sort of like a comedy education okay. and me being the extroverted nut job that I am. I was like, Oh, I could 100% do this. And I was like, 
I think I would actually be pretty good at it. That was my ego speaking. But I was like, really, I, th- I genuinely think I can do this. And I really think I can be good at this. And so I started writing crap down in my notes in my phone. And I was like, I'm going to probably do this. So, and this is going to be crazy. You know, once I make it as a multimillionaire and become world famous. Yeah. As a, I'll it, have to ask him as a special guest to be on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, so right. doing it by myself. Yeah, I'll be moved on to bigger and better things. But this will be documented as I am going to do my first open mic on August 24th. And so I feel like God called me to be a stand-up comedian, as weird as that sentence is. I mean, that's a, that is a world that we, needs Christians. Do you Christians. have to get like a, a approval from the pastor of church? Uh, I don't know if you can get approved <laughs> to do that from the pastor of the church. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I really think I, I'm excited about it. I mean, I really like, you know, you think about for your first time going up on any stage, you're like, I'm super nervous. I don't, but I'm like, I want to go up there. I'm excited to do it. And I really think that I have a good solid five minutes. I mean, I've got a bunch of other stuff, but I think the Christian world needs to be in every single aspect of life. And I think the, the comedy world needs believers. And that's, it that sounds so corny and I, dumb when I say it, but it's true. Well, the fire department world needs believers. Yes. The every, police department needs. Believers. Absolutely. And so this, this world of, of crazy nutcases that I think are such unique people. I think it would be good to be a witness by example. I don't have to go up on platform and for five minutes, I'm going to talk to you about the gospel. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to do my thing. And well, be a isn't good example. A, like a, a court jester yeah. back in the day? Sure, His job sure. really was to take what was really going on in the world mm-hmm. and kind of break it in a way in front of the king. Absolutely. Yeah, poke fun of it. The king being, you know, the public eye, you know, the the public zeitgeist or whatever that is. And then me being the the court jester minus the funny hat and the leotards. Maybe I'll do that. Who knows? But it's really you just take a subject and you poke holes in it and you show, hey, man, don't take yourself so seriously. Or, hey, we need to loosen up on this. And it, it really is just as simple as that. And I think this whole time of serving in youth ministry and giving messages, I've been bombing in front of crowds for years now. <laughs> so I have experience already. And you have the scars. Yes. I have, I have this one right here yeah. and it's like, I have experience in this field of conveying a topic and using humor and bombing and just getting zero response from your audience where they're all like <laughs> nodding out and falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm equipped for it, and we'll we'll see where it goes. So when you see your friends turn around walking out, you know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I'm letting my friends walk out on yeah. me, oh gosh. So, um, well, what day do you think we'll drop these things on? I mean, we could do like Saturdays or something like that. Just give me enough time to edit. Okay. Plan everything out. Okay. So we have a consistent schedule yeah. for all of you. Yeah. If you have any questions. Uh, too bad. <laughs> we don't have an email. We don't have any, we just started. We probably should get an email. We'll do that. By the second that. episode, we'll have an email yeah. for inquiries and inquiries things of such. And stuff like that. So um, yeah. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for for uh, participating with, yeah. with Thanks. us. Thanks for being obedient to God's call for all of this. Can I share with one, one more thing? Sure. So the reason this happened, and 
Pastor Randy had talked about, that's our senior pastor, mm-hmm. had talked about his daughters, and she started this uh, food truck. She was really, really shy, and he asked her one day, he said, what, uh, what happened? And she said, God gave me an idea, and so I thought I'd obey him. Fair enough. And so that afternoon, I went back home, and I ordered uh, all of a, this. Whole, a whole podcast set up. Here we are. And, 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 then I'm, and, then I, and then I called Will and said, <laughs> hey, man, you want to do this with me? And he's like, uh, yeah. I guess. Weirdo. Weirdo. <laughs> you came up to me in person in church. Yeah, you yeah. said, I think there's some unused potential in you that yeah. uh, God wants you to take advantage of. And I was like, fair enough. That's enough for me. That's enough for me. That sounds fun. I'll you try had it. me at potential yeah when i heard that when i heard it was about me oh man <laughs> and i'm gonna get a microphone yeah and a headset. i get to hear myself in my own ears sign me up all right hey god bless you have a great week see you later bang